Cyril declares the opening of more sectors. We discuss Zimbabwe's new Lobola law and eight have been arrested in VBS scandal. The return of global sports, no name, Kendrick and Cole, and SABC to document pro-kids Kasi rap Bible. Utini ngo pro. Ah, so this week we're going to be discussing, well, let's start off with discussing uh, the president's address. So Ramaphosa, aka Cupcake, um, um, held another address on the 17th of June, 2020. Um, pretty much it wasn't really, so the, the, this, these are my thoughts on the address. It was good in terms of we hadn't heard from the president in a long time, and yeah. I feel like I was I was personally getting anxious. I wanted to hear from him, even if it was just for him to come out and say we're okay, we're cool, we're continuing with level three, which we are. Yeah. Um. Except there'll be a few uh things in terms of restrictions lifted. A few economic activities will be um taking place, again. So and he also touched on gender-based violence but before we get into that we're going to discuss um some of the economic activities that the president has said that will be allowed to proceed under yeah. level three so we're still on level three we're still buying our alcohol monday to thursday up until five o'clock then it ends and still no cigarettes and then the following things can um now happen in- including church going restaurants for sit-down meals yeah. Accredited and licensed accommodation with the exception of home sharing accommodation like like Airbnb. So you can go to your hotels, um, conferences and meetings for businesses for business purposes and in line with restrictions of public gatherings, cinemas and theaters, casinos, personal care services like hairdressers and beauty services, non-contact sports like tennis, cricket and others. Contact sports would be allowed um, only for training. Yeah. Here's my thing. Right, if I can go to a restaurant and sit down, if I can go to a casino and chill there, if I can go to the cinema and theater, I don't get why I can't travel and go home. I don't. I don't get why I can't go and visit my family of six people. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't get it. <sighs> yeah, you know, and uh, at the beginning of um, this stage lockdown, I, I, I was never a fan of the stage lockdown, mm. especially because of um, our country and just how we tend to be as individuals in South Africa. We don't really adhere to the laws. And um, it's just, it becomes difficult to now differentiate between the levels because there's no incons- there's no consistency, sorry. Mm. Like you said, um, with regards to churches were open way before salons were. I didn't understand that. And... Look, at the end of the day, I think um, they should be very lenient on the travel restrictions, like you said, yeah. because at the end of the day, we are approaching the, the June holiday season. You know, in, by the end of this week, I do know that the courts close and that a lot of people do, would normally go on holiday okay. under normal circumstances. Yeah, but so, I, aren't the schools going to still be open? I mean, they literally just open. I think my sister went to school like maybe like Monday. Like yesterday was yeah. her first day back. Like, aren't the schools still like 
just opening. So I don't like. I, like, like I don't know. With with regards to the schooling and the system, I I don't really. Mm. I'm not really focused on on that. I'm focusing on the people who will be traveling back home. Mm. The people, for example, maybe who work under the government, who work for um, specific uh, corporations. I do know that a lot of them will be traveling. Um, my People from Gauteng, yeah, they're gonna want to disperse exactly. They're going home. back home to KZN, Eastern Cape, Limpopo, you name it. So I just think there's just too many inconsistencies, and when there's too many inconsistencies, I feel like that's when things uh, sort of things sort of sort of start to go wrong. So I think deep. everything things I think things should just be leveled out, and when things are leveled out, and there's a fair playing playing field Listen, i think it makes things better for me this is it like we should go to level one like the only things we shouldn't be allowed to do is like concerts clubs anything that has to do with like hundreds of people involved like stadiums and soccer matches you know like no unless they leave in like a seat in between each person or some yeah. shit like that, or something like that excuse me but like for me like everything level one we should just be free. You uh, think we should, you we think should, we should go to We should be let one. loose. We should be let loose. At this point, I feel like it's just, um, you know, the best health, the people with the best health care system are going to win. The people with the best immune systems are going to win. Uh, good luck to them, I suppose. I feel like it's just like everybody's on their own yeah, at I, this point. I particularly would like to see um, uh, soccer coming back in South Africa as a fan, especially because uh, the model that has been tried and tested abroad has been working. And with regards to that, we don't even need to have uh, fans and spectators uh, going to the stadiums because mm. you can play uh, behind closed doors. And at the end of the day, when you look at the full capacity of both teams and the match officials on the day, it does not exceed 50. Mm. So I personally would like to see some sport com- coming back, you know. That's it. So, level one. Yeah. In the next two weeks, three weeks, it should be level one, I hope. Um, so the, also the person also made comments on gender-based violence. Uh, with that, we're just gonna, I'm just going to say that I think it was needed. I think the country needed to hear a person in power, the president, saying something about the issue, at least informing us that they hear us, yeah. they see us, and they're going to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that, was, uh, that was very nice. And uh, I think it was, it was it was a great touch, mm. especially because uh, women and the country at large, we often feel like not much is being said and not much is being done mm. by those in authority. So mm. I think that was a really that was a really good thing done by him. And also uh, a shout out to Kaiser Junior Mdaung, who actually uh, brought together some men and uh, they were actually protesting uh, mm. with regards to gender based violence. So that's nice to see. That's, that's cool. really nice that's to see. Great. Uh, we're going to move on to our next topic. We're going to move to a different nation, our <laughs> <laughs> our, our neighbors, uh, Zimbabwe. Yeah. Some Very interesting news. Moving it on, on right along to mm. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe has introduced a new Lobola law, which does not require the traditional bride price to have been paid before a marriage could could proceed. However, the minister was careful to emphasize that the government was not, in fact, abolishing Lobola with the new law. So the article that I'm about to read is from iHarare.com. Mm-hmm. So Zimbabwe introduces new Lobola law. Zimbabwe has introduced a new Lobola law which does not require the traditional bride price to have been paid before marriage could proceed. iHarare has learned from state media that the new Lobola law has been introduced 
after the government noted with concern that some parents and guardians had been exploiting the Lawala system to extort money from the sons-in-law. According to the Minister of Justice, Legal and Parliamentary Affairs, Ziambi Ziambi, some, guardi some guardians have been commodifying the tradition of Lobola and some have even refused to consent to their ch children's marriages until Lobola is paid in full. The transfer of marriage consideration, Lobola, in our indigenous culture, traditionally solidified bonds between families, but a disturbing trend has developed over time to commoditize or monetize the marriage relationship for material gain. Some guardians of brides hold out for the highest possible gain for themselves, while others refuse to consent to the formalization of marriage until the last cent of marriage consideration is paid. He went on to say that this is why so many of our customary and non-customary marriages are unregistered. To solve this issue, the bill will no longer require a customary marriage officer to satisfy himself or herself that there has been an agreement on the transfer of marriage consideration. However, the minister did highlight and emphasize that the government was not in fact abolishing Lobola with the new law. He insisted that if two parties are willing to have Lobola, then they will then they can go as as they can go ahead as they please. So you can still have Lobola. And uh, he ended it by saying that if parties do agree on the transfer of such consideration the registrar of marriage is under obligation to record it when registering the marriage to minimize disputes about such uh, such agreements. You know, when I when I read, I also read the same article. Yeah. When I read the article, I was really confused for a few minutes because I was like, so if the parents don't agree, you can't get married. Like I was confused. I was confused as to whether or not, like, me as a consenting adult, whether or not I could enter a marriage without my parents' consent or not. Because I was like, why was it such a big deal for them to, like, change the law so that Lobola could... I mean, well, yeah. you know, in South Africa, we can enter into, like, a civil marriage. I don't have to pay Lobola. We can go to match court or wherever, Yeah, you know, and just sign the documents and be done and be free. But then I was a bit confused. But then I read another article in the Daily News. Yeah. A, a Daily News article. Um, and it, it was really... It was a good article. It explained the fact that even in... Zimbabwe, there is a civil... Yeah. You can enter into civil marriage. Um, however, for Lobola, like, even here, like, Lobola, paying a set sum, paying a certain amount of money is a requirement. Yeah. Like, you cannot really say that you paid Lobola or Mahadi without really paying some form of Yeah, so... Money. so So, usually, with regards to that... Um, it was done by virtue and way of, of cows, mm. right? So I'll give you a, a simple example of this. Usually... For the people that don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> if you, there are people that don't you, know. Usually there's um, uh, 11 cows mm. that you as um, the groom, the groom's family, would Not have a, to... 11? Yeah. Not my cows, No. Now, with regards to these, to these 11 cows, it mm. does not necessarily mean that with the 11 cows each cow equates to a certain fixed amount, right? Mm -hmm. In in the culture in Zulu and Kosa, the cows have are set at different prices, mm -hmm. right? So there's cows for respective things. A, they there's a cow for the virginity, right? There's a cow for <laughs> both parents. Mm -hmm. You understand? So I'm just giving you a breakdown. So there's different cows which 
are priced differently as well. Mm-hmm. So in in these two respective cultures, I do know that um, for you to start being considered by the bride's mm-hmm. family, you have to at least um, have paid uh, seven out of the 11 cows because that's the majority, you know? Yes, and Sorry, sorry. And another thing is that it's become very difficult and it's become uh, a situation where it's it's easily monetized because we've moved away from live kettle. Now we have moved into money, mm. you know. So yeah, those those that that's just ba- basically the the background. I of mean, Lobola. but 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 like cows aren't expensive, aren't aren't cheap either. No, no. So here's not. my question: Like, do you feel as a man that um, Lobola like is either outdated or it's exploitative? Like it's it's ex- you know you being see, exploited. The thing is now when you look at it from. A fundamental point of view. Mm. The whole reason why Lobola was there in the beginning, mm. it was to bring together the two families. Was it? Yes, definitely do it was. You, do do now, you really think it was for that? I don't know. For me, I have this feeling like when I like in the olden days, it was probably like, oh, you know, I'm losing a person that helps around in the house. Like you gotta like. You see, the, and, and and you see that's you gotta, that's and you see that's you gotta the balance and you see, the equation. Here. And you see that's the problem. The problem is that. The, the information and tradition as well has been misconstrued mm. and how it's been filtered down to certain individuals. People can now make as, as, as they please with regards to this information. Mm. So when I speak of it from a traditional aspect, what it was originally designed for, it was to bring the two families together. And by virtue of mm. A, negotiations, and B, uh, over the course of time, these two families would be joined by virtue of these two individuals coming together. So I get that there's margin and there's room for people to criticize. However, those who are on the ground with regards to this tradition, mm. they understand as to why it was it was it was implemented in the first place. And then secondly, now when you say exploitative and it it, it easily gets monetized because there's a window for that, you know? Mm. And now people are using it to gain money from 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 the groom's side and from the groom's family. Whereas it, it 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 was not it was not supposed to be like that and i think what makes it difficult is that i know when it comes to culture there's no written laws or regulations as to how much does this bride go for how much can that go for because at the end of the day it's the father and the uncles who decide on the the amount of cows and the amount of money that has to be paid for the bride you know to be quite honest i don't i'm not like well versed in the whole customary, like with all the the, the traditional aspect of Mahadi or Lobola. But like for me, I'm not like sold in the fact that it was a whole like coming together of the families thing, but that would require it for me to like do some research into it. And I and I'll do that in my own personal time to really like find what is the actual reason for for bride price. But for me like I feel as a woman, as a black woman, who's probably going to have to go do this whole Mahadi thing. Not because I want to, but because my parents are going to expect it from me. Yeah. Like, a part of me feels like it creates this this, uh, this sense of, like, entitlement. Like, even from the jump from your marriage, you're not really on equal footing. Do you understand what I mean? Like, so, like, you, you're, so, like someone so, so, is already, yeah. Yeah, someone so, is already, like, 
paying to yeah, be with you. Yeah. So like it's, you see, it's a weird. You see, and that's and, that, <laughs> so and, and, and that's why I say the the information has become misconstrued, and that's why it then creates a platform mm. for such things to happen. So do I do I advocate for it? I do ad- advocate for it if it's done through the correct channels. Mm-hmm. However, then the problem then becomes that a lot of men become very entitled mm-hmm. and that's how patriarchy is often born you know, at times. You know so do. I think it's very important that if people are going to go about uh, Lobola, I think it should be done through the adequate and the correct channels. And even all the parties at the table must understand what's happening here and that it's not me purchasing, mm-hmm. but because we've moved away from live cattle... Now we equate it with money. So I think that's also the big disconnect that a lot of people don't really seem to understand. Mm. And that's why it just boils down to subjectivity at the end of the day. I think um, if I do get married, because I'm not sure I do, I'm going to tell my parents to set an amount that's not crazy. Right? So when a nigga bores me, I can be like, here's your motherfucking money. Yeah, here's your money. Bye. Sorry for the swear words. It's just, it comes out sometimes. Yeah, I, I think it's just, at the end of the day, when, when all has been said and done, I think it's nah. just different strokes for different folks hey, with take, regards nah, to this. Nah, it's, gonna, it's probably going to happen, maybe, if I get married. But for me, literally, I'm going to be like, set a reasonable amount of money that I can be like, here, nigga, leave me alone when I'm tired. But anyway. Mm. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> Moving on. Um, uh, VBS. Yeah. So there was uh, I don't know if okay. Let me let's 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 reinform people. So VBS was a mutual bank. Um, the bank came under scrutiny after it was discovered that two point two billion rand was siphoned from the bank. Uh, was siphoned from the bank. Um, there were multiple of individuals involved within the bank. A KPMG accountant was involved. Um, a few um political people, such as Julius Malema, as well as uh, uh, Shibamvu. I forgot his first name. Shibamvu and as well as his brother were also uh implicated or named or, uh, you know, people are speculating that they were involved as well. Um. And the bank has now been defunct, like, you know, and it's, it's, it's really sad because the bank actually, a lot of um, poor people, like, I think it was the pension funds yeah. were put into the bank as well. Yeah. So, yes. So, eight people were actually arrested in the past week with regards to this matter. Like I said, a few of the head honchos at um, the bank, a KPMG accountant, and so forth. Yeah. Yes, and their bail was actually set at a hundred thousand each. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, some of them ended up saying that they couldn't pay that hundred thousand. Wow. Some, <laughs> you understand? It's crazy. Yeah. Like you just made millions, and why can't you pay hundred thousand? And actually, um, they were actually supposed to pay the hundred thousand within. I think it was supposed to be like yesterday. They were supposed to pay it yesterday or some other day. I forgot. I'm sorry. I just need to find the article that said this. But anyway, yeah. two of them were able to pay the hundred thousand. The other six were unable to do so. And the judge has pretty much has said that they should be kept in custody. They should be. They should remain behind bars. Which yeah. is which is fair. I mean, that's how. That's the law. That's how the world works. So with regards to VBS, I recently stumbled upon, I think, what is a gem mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. of information. Mm-hmm. So um, Advocate Terry Mudao mm-hmm. uh, has a full investigator's report to the Prudential Authority, right? And uh, you can actually find this report on www.politicsweb.co.za. So he starts off his report by just explaining that more than 40 years ago, there was a, a heist in South Africa's banking history and a group of thieves who were led by Nightingale uh, skillfully tunneled their way and uh, they were they able to get into the vault of Standard Bank in Glackstop, you know, and they managed to get away with 400,000 rand, mm-hmm. you know. And he says uh, no arrests were made, but with regards to the VBS one, there will be arrests made. So, <laughs> <laughs> so... As he goes on to his report, he just speaks about how he's dedicated the past few years in investigating the sorry affairs of the VBS Mutual Bank. And his report does reveal that the perpetrators of the heist at VBS made away with almost 2 billion rand. And uh, he goes on to say that um, the evidence that he has gathered traverses what uh, is found to be two principal pillars of unlawfulness that ultimately resulted in the collapse of VBS. So the first pillar constitutes of the methods used by those who captured VBS, which enabled them to embark upon wide-scale looting uh, of the monies placed on deposit at VBS. And uh, he went on to say that he found that there's three intertwined processes at play. So the first being a payment of very large sums of money was made to various perpetrators of the scheme, um and that was their reward for their participation mm-hmm. right and substantial bribes were made to certain vbs directors and other related parties in order to buy their silence and for them to look the other way while the looting was going on mm-hmm. he goes on to say that um vbs went on a deliberate campaign to attract very substantial deposits from municipalities and at a later stage state ent- entities one of them being Prasa also came on board, and, Ooh, and Prasa's like in yeah. massive dis, uh, disorganized. Yeah, very disorganized. And also, like it's weird that municipalities were even allowed to invest in the bank. Municipalities yeah. can't allow, can't, cannot invest in mutual banks. Cannot put money into mutual banks. Yeah. So he goes on to say that um, that was one of the many instances which included payment of bribes to various public officials who were in a position to influence to influencing the, the the decisions that were made with mm-hmm. regards to the deposits, right? And then he goes on to say that the captors of VBS manipulated its banking systems by creating enormous fictitious deposits in favor of Vele. It's, a, uh, it's mirrored associate, associates and related parties, as well as by obliterating overdrawn banking facilities enjoyed by Vele and its associates, running to hundreds of millions of rands. Mm. The captors and their associates went on a massive spending spree at the expense of VBS. The second pillar he goes into has got to do with the fraudulent means with regards to looting of VBS and how they were hidden from view and how they were allowed to continue and it ended up escalating. In this regard, in his report, with regards to findings on fraudulent misrepresentations, it contains that VBS audited annual financial statements for the year ending 
31st of March 2017 as made in monthly regulatory returns that VBS was obligated to make the Registrar of Banks. In terms of the provisions of the Mutual Banks Act and the regulations made under the Act, he went in he went into detail as to that the fraud that permeated the regulatory audit of the returns. These frauds misled the registrar into believing that VBS was in a financially sound position, mm -hmm. whereas in truth, its liabilities exceeded its assets by about 180 million rand and thus hopelessly insolvent at 31st of March 2017. So by the time that the bank was eventually placed under curatorship, the position was exponentially worse. Had the truth been told, the registrar would have been able to act and they would have been in a much better position to stop what was going on. And uh, such, I, yeah. Such, such wide scale yeah. corruption. I guess. So, like, and the, you know what it is? It, it, it's, I'll pay you to look the other way. Yeah. Um, I'll pay you just to like, just sign the paper, yeah. you know, the municipality will invest in the bank. Yeah. You're probably going to get a kickback. I don't know if that's how the conversation went, but probably. And, and, and the crazy <laughs> thing with this, right, is that, he goes on to to divide mm -hmm. these groups of people he interviewed, right? Mm -hmm. And he divided them into three. He's got the insiders, the outsiders, and the auditors. Mm -hmm. And in this report, there's the exact figures with regards to who got paid what. Mm -hmm. So I think it's actually a very interesting report that uh, people should go out and uh, actually check. It is available on www.politicsweb.co.za. Yeah, like, I hope heads roll um, um i have confidence in the new um head of the npa i hope she really does bring to justice not just the insiders at vbs but the auditors that were um account that were had to take into account all of the accounts at the bank that yeah. had to monitor what was going on at the bank i hope everyone that benefited from this goes to prison um whether you are a political party leader or not like if you are a random dude in the street <laughs> and you and you benefited from this, I hope you go to prison. Yeah. Like it was just the the lack of the whole the, the total disregard for people's uh, hard earned money. The total disregard for the law in yeah. this country is like super crazy. And I really do hope Every single one of them go to prison. Every single one of them that had to do something about it. Yeah, definitely. Go to prison. Justice must be served. Yes. And moving it on along to lighter news, uh, we move it to sports. So there's been uh, a lot of announcements with regards to the resumptions of certain sports taking place. Mm -hmm. And firstly, uh, the F F1, that is Formula One, does return on the 3rd of July. And the first race will take place at the Red Bull Ring in Austria. Are you a fan of Formula One? No, but, and I think there's only like a one race. <laughs> the only one person yeah. I know is like Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. That's because he's the only black guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. So we're definitely looking forward to Lewis Hamilton, who's mm -hmm. part of Mercedes. And uh, I do think that his closest competitors being Sebastian Vettel, who drives for Ferrari, and Max Verstappen, who's at Red Bull, 
will definitely be looking to dethrone him because he's been at the top for a minute now. Mm, Mercedes is he, um Lewis Hamilton drives Mercedes. Yeah. You see Mercedes I always know that <laughs> I have good taste. Yeah. In definitely. Vehicles. My future car is going to be a Mercedes. Yeah. And um moving on to rugby. Uh rugby in New Zealand has returned and the crazy Yay. and the crazy thing <laughs> is that they are ready to house more than 20,000 spectators. How do you feel about that? You know, it would depend on their cases of yeah. corona. But if it was here in SA, I mean, we're we're reaching a hundred thousand. Yeah. We're, we're probably at a hundred thousand right now. So if it was here, no, I'm not. I'm not going to no soccer match. That's not happening. Yeah. Or football match or yeah. rugby match. I'm not yeah. doing that. But I mean, if if their country is confident with their with their low levels of corona, or if they're confident with their hospitals, if their hospitals can maintain the type of capacities we've seen hospitals all over the world have to deal with when it comes to a coronavirus outbreak then i mean that's cool for them yeah you know i'm excited i want to see new zealand players like i I believe like (laughs) i'd move to new zealand just for the rugby players guys (laughs) yeah and uh moving right along to england the english premier league made a long-awaited return and uh wow like I was so happy. I saw I saw so many guys posting like, "Oh, yeah. thank God, <laughs> thank <Yeah>. Jesus!" <laughs> like it's 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 been a minute. And uh, the teams that kicked off the action were Man City and Arsenal. They played at the Etihad Stadium, and Man City walked away with a two 0 victory. Very mm-hmm. convincing. Other notable results do include Chelsea winning two one against Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. Wolves won two 0 against West Ham, and now the victory for Wolves is quite important because this is a team that is uh, actually in its second season mm-hmm. within sort of the big time, the big league. I was about to say like yeah. they're so unknown. <laughs> yeah, so exactly, the like they're so unknown, mm-hmm. but they're doing so well. And uh, look, they're currently sitting at fifth. Mm-hmm. If they manage to break into the top four, they'll play in the Champions League, mm-hmm. the most lucrative competition in world football. Bar the so, World so, Cup. They're, so they're gonna be like, what's that team that when if when it went through, everyone was so shocked. It's one of Leicester City. City. Leicester City. Yeah. So it's gonna be like a little Leicester City. Yeah. That it, it. Yeah. Because look, man, they've been doing really well, and um, yeah, and Liverpool played Everton in the Merseyside derby. Mm-hmm. Now the interesting thing about the Merseyside derby this past weekend's one is that it became the most viewed footballing match in England. It was viewed by 5.5 million Like this people. past weekend. Yeah. I mean, people were just... <laughs> Ex- like, people, were, people were thirsty. Yeah, <laughs> like people haven't watched. <laughs> especially because uh, Liverpool are in the conversation to lift their first Premier League in over 30 years. Mm-hmm. So people are definitely waiting in anticipation. The Premier oh League. God. Yeah. So Those poor fans. So like <laughs> all this build up, all this hype towards the Liverpool versus Everton game and it ended nil-nil. So and like if you're like a Liverpool fan, like you are like a fan fan. You're, yeah. like, you're not a play play fan. No, 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 you no. You don't no. go by how they're winning or not. Like no, you just like, like, yeah. you're a fan. Because look, man, over the years Liverpool have had dips and slumps, but Last year they managed to win the the UEFA Champions League, which oh, okay. which which was good for them, and they only lost out to Man City by one point. So, so that's not yeah, so that's not. So they really on course to really dethrone Man City. I mean, look, they're twenty points ahead, mm. so they've done really well. 
So, yeah, it was quite disappointing I that mean, the game... I mean, I always vote for underdogs, so yeah. I hope they win. I hope they <laughs> <laughs> No, they, look, look, they definitely were. It's just a matter of time as they're 20 points ahead. And look, all that anticipation, all that hype, the game ended nil-nil. Not even you one You know what I wonder scored. about? I wonder about with all the soccer... I mean, all yeah. of these players are under a contract and yeah. all that. Like, I wonder during this time, haven't any of the players, like, their contracts... Um, Ran out. Ran so, up so, so this is the interesting thing, right? Mm-hmm. Traditionally speaking, with regards to a, a football contract, it usually comes to an end at the end of June. Oh, and okay. some come into effect uh, at the beginning of July. Mm. So the season is going to run past the yeah, end of June, June right? Yeah. So what happened is uh, certain clubs had to sign certain players on short-term contracts just until the end of the mm. season. As to when the season ends, we don't really know. So they've had to extend contracts by a few months. Other, other clubs have not done that. Other guys are like, you know what? At the end of my contract, I'm bouncing. Peace, I'm out. Whether the league is over or not, I'm out, you know. So last night, Man City won 5-0 against Burnley, which means that Liverpool will have to beat Crystal Palace at home and then go to the Etihad and beat Manchester City mm. to actually win the league title. Did we ever discuss um, Bidvest and that whole sale? Yes. Did. Yes, we did. And what so, episode five? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so just to wrap up on the English Premier League, so that's where it's at. Uh, Liverpool need two more wins and then... They're able to lift the trophy. And with regards to that Bitvest, Bitvest Vit sale, mm-hmm. they have officially been bought out by TTM. So Yeah, because the, what I yeah. actually wanted to ask with regards to that is the contracts with the players. Yeah. Like, how will, that, will they be transferring? Or? Yeah, so what's going to happen is um, the, the TTM management had a look at the spreadsheets mm-hmm. and they were very vocal about who they can afford and who they can't afford. Mm-hmm. So Bitvest Vits have been one of the best paying teams in the PSL the last couple of years. So they've come out and said that they will not be able to afford Gavin Hunt, who mm. is the coach, because he's on big money. But and Gavin's such a good coach. Yeah. I'd throw a little cash for Gavin. Yeah, you see, the problem is with, with that is that it becomes a conflict of interest because Gavin Hunt is one of those uh, managers who wants full control of the football club. Mm. He doesn't want any management or any mm. owner to interfere Whereas a lot of these clubs are, 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 are run like that. And that's why Gavin has continuously turned down any offers from big teams because he doesn't want anybody he to... He doesn't want to be micromanaged. Exactly. Okay. So, yeah, so that's what's basically what's happening. The big players who have been doing really well have been bought by various top teams. Mm-hmm. So that's what's happening. They're going to be able to keep the players who are on smaller wage packages. He should really and, go to yeah. Kaiser Chiefs. Ooh. He should, I, I think he should go to Kaiser Chiefs. You think so? Yes. That's, but that's, it's because I'm a, I'm a yeah, Kaiser Chiefs fan. You know what? For me, like it's more like a family thing. Yeah, like my 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 dad yeah. is a Kaiser Chiefs fan, so I feel like I have to be there. Yeah, but yeah. And the thing is, they've been knocking on his door, so hopefully we're gonna see. And I mean, it doesn't bode well for the coach who's at the helm, Ernst Middendorp. He took <laughs> Kaiser Chiefs to number one, but Kaiser Chiefs are looking for a new coach. So <laughs> there's there's a bit of trouble in that camp. So there's I no, think there's no loyalty. In this no, life. no, no. There's okay. no loyalty. So moving it on right along, um, we moved on to uh, No Name, who is uh, a slam poet and uh, a rapper. an artist. A really yeah. good rapper. Yeah, no, don't she say, is. Don't say slam poet. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm sort of giving the backstory as how how she came into rap. Oh, okay. If anything, I love her background. I, 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 love, I, her. I, I love her background story mm-hmm. because she started as uh, a slam poet mm-hmm. and then she transitioned into rap. And I think she's uh, definitely a very, very good rapper and a very good artist. So 
Yeah, man. So she's been trending, her and J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar as well. She came out and uh, tweeted that she feels as if the black selling artists are not doing anything with their platform to address social issues with regards to Black Lives Matter and George Floyd. Ah, hold up. Let's, let's not say she feels like they're not doing nothing. What she said she that. Said, she what tweeted. She, what she said, but what, what, the, what the essence of the tweet was that why aren't they saying anything right now? Why can't they just throw up a tweet about the issue like right now? You Is know it? what I'm talking about? They're not. She's not saying that they haven't done anything. That's They've what she never said, though, done anything. In the tweet, she yeah. said that she said that they're not doing anything mm-hmm. with their platform. So I get that. So there's two parts to 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 this tweet, mm-hmm. right? There's the one where she's challenging them, which I think, okay, that's cool. It's good to hold people accountable, people with certain platforms. But the beginning half of the tweet is what most people took uh, offense to. Like, okay, fine. For me, it's just that. Here's my view on it. And I suppose this is like my view on celebrities when it comes to them having a platform or when they are associated with certain, like when their brand is associated with a certain type of um, rhetoric or belief or creed. Um, So J. Cole Kendrick, she didn't actually name any one of these people in the tweet. We just assume that she's talking about these people because this is the type of music they create. So J. Cole... They they, they actually trended, though. And uh, America has this huge cancel culture. Mm. And they were trying to cancel J. Cole and Kendrick. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So J. Cole, Kendrick, and the likes of who are social justice type of rappers, their content when it comes to what they create is about black consciousness. It's about... um, justice it's about police brutality in america so we, we and with everything that was happening in america in the past few weeks uh, i feel that she what i feel what i think she felt is that all of these rappers that talk about these issues why aren't they saying anything now why aren't they walking the walk when they talk the talk when it's album time releases and all that and all that jazz we had a very heated debate yesterday with regards to this, right? And I will concede, like, we can't force people to say anything or to use their platforms in ways they can't, they, they don't feel like using them at a certain point of time. But I do feel that if you are a celebrity and you have championed a cause and people are now moving and are galvanizing and are now working towards an actual change, I do feel like you should say something. And I'm not saying that you should be a leader. You should go out and lead and organize and do things. Just say, guys, this is what's happening. These are my views. Go forth so, onto the world and so, do your thing. So I hear that. And to mm-hmm. begin to address that. So first and foremost, um, with with regards to her feeling like they're not saying anything or not doing anything, mm-hmm. I, I feel like um, she was incorrect to say that because mm-hmm. A... Uh, J. Cole uh, is at the protest and he did donate money. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar is protesting mm-hmm. in Compton. Mm-hmm. So with regards to that, I just feel like they are doing something about it. Now, when we move it to the social media context and platform, mm. if you understand J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, they not they not heavy on social media. But now, now wait. It's not now just let me finish. Yeah. And Jake now wait. Let me finish. Mm. Now with them not being heavy with regards to tweeting and um, mm. and 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 Instagram, 
the thing is, at the end of the day, people move differently. Mm-hmm. And people use different platforms to advance certain causes. So personally, I, I didn't have a qualm with them not tweeting because I know that's not how Kendrick moves. Mm-hmm. If anything, I would have it's better to see him at the protest than rather than just sending a tweet and then sitting back. Because I also feel like we've got this culture in the world where everything becomes performative by virtue of social media. People will jump on social media and then they'll they'll speak out about certain things. Whereas I don't want performative, I want genuine. And I think the way that Kendrick and J. Cole move and all these other top selling black artists, they've done things, you know, whether it's Andre 3000, whether it's Jay-Z, because here's another thing, Jay-Z doesn't have social media. So then what do we say to a guy like Jay-Z? We cannot really expect him to download Instagram or Twitter and then start tweeting and being active on social media. He just doesn't move like that. But he's on the ground doing the work, donating the money. So at the end of the day, my biggest qualm with this was that she, she's a person who's uh, very intelligent. And I think she just has to understand that at the not just her, everybody in the world, we just all have to understand that people move differently. People use different platforms to address certain issues. And I think at the end of the day, with regards to Kendrick, I'll speak to Kendrick. What Kendrick has done for black people, not just in America, but all over the world, it's unparalleled and it's unmatched through the music. He's got two albums. He's got To Pimp a Butterfly and he's got Damn, which are dedicated to the life and struggle of a black man and a black woman. So I think with regards to that, he's been speaking out about these things. He's been saying something. He's dedicated his whole life to that cause. Now, with regards to that, if you look at it, in 2017, he became the first artist, Mm -hmm. the first musician to win the Pulitzer Award. And you only win that award by virtue of... um, it's musical composition, it's literature and journalism as well. You have to make a great difference in society. And whatever message you're spreading out to the people has to affect the people so much so that they feel that you're deserving of this award. In one way or another, it's, it's synonymous to a Nobel Peace Prize Award. And he won, he won this award mm-hmm. by virtue of his work, Damn. And if you look at that album, it addresses all the issues. So personally, I'm not looking for a Kendrick Lamar tweet. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for a J. Cole tweet mm-hmm. because I know they've been doing the work. They champion the cause. And at the end of the day, it's not when a black body dies when they champion the cause. They're doing out throughout their whole entire careers. So personally, I just felt that she was wrong to come at them like that. And J. Cole even went as far as saying that, you know what? There's um, this woman. He didn't really address the woman, but a lot feel like it's no name. The same way a lot of people feel like no name is addressing Cole and Kendrick. He says that he feels that her tone was in such a way that it was speaking down to them as opposed to educating them. Because J. Cole does give her flowers and say, you know what? You're smart. You're intelligent. You do the reading. You're on the ground. You know what's happening. So if you know what's happening, don't come out and ridicule us for what we're doing and then claim that it's not enough or we're not doing anything. If anything, you're supposed to be the one leading us, the ones who don't have the information, the ones who don't have the psychological capacity to champion this cause. So... I, 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 I really didn't see a problem with J. Cole's response because if anything, if a person who's in an authoritative position and they've got knowledge with regards to such causes, they can make a difference. And at the end of the day, J. Cole did come out and he did say, yes, I'm not the leader of this. And yes, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough. But the truth is, 
if you are if you want me to join you educate me and let's advance the conversation you know i, I won't say much on it because we're running out of time but here's my i suppose my final view on the issue and i think and i think it has to do with people's perceptions of others right because j cole kendrick i can name joy badass um, and a few other rappers they've kind of branded themselves as the, well let me not say they branded themselves their music is about blackness black consciousness and all of that and they do educate through their music so i understand that when like you have to like we sometimes look at celebrities and we don't think of them as them being fans you know she can you imagine like that people were shocked that j cole wasn't saying anything that uh, kendrick lamar wasn't saying anything because their music make them well to others others will view them as if they are leaders as they are the ones championing this cause as they are the ones educating and providing information which is why i do think that people are like why aren't they saying anything these are the people that are always saying something about this and here we are we need them now and they're real quiet they're not galvanizing they're not telling people to go out and do the most and do whatever and i suppose that's where people have to strike a balance in terms of how they perceive others because you have to strike a balance between the artist that you know and who they are as a person like you said Cole did say that he's uh, not as he doesn't read as much or whatever but you know but he does it through the music he'll go and protest he'll go and support it's just that i think people need to um yeah level because, down level like level their expectations yeah, expect, of others i, I suppose. because at the end of the day i think we just have to respect that people use different platforms and that's just it and with regards to that no name 2 days ago did come out and tweet so mm-hmm. she tweeted an apology mm. and this is what she tweeted i've been thinking a lot about it and i'm not proud of myself for responding to mm-hmm. j cole with the song titled 33 i tried to use it as a moment to draw attention to black issues mm-hmm. i care about and i didn't have to respond but i let my ego get the best of me i'd like to apologize for any destructions that i've caused you know that's then, another thing about this and then, the whole song with jay cole and, and her like it, it's taking away it's distracts exactly. from the real issues it distracts from the protests now people are not talking about the protests but people are talking about jay cole so. and no name and all that beef so moving on so wait wait wait, wait. Yeah. to finish it off she did she did then go and say that um she 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 sees that a lot of people resonate with what she's saying mm-hmm. she wanted to pull the song off air right but she's like i'll be donating my portion of the song's earnings to various mutual aid funds and then she hashtag black radical unity so and what i love about how this came to an end is that j cole did then say that you know what guys this is no name she's very intelligent and she's smart go follow her she's got great ideologies at the end of the day we might not agree with regards to how we do things but let's be gentle and civil with each other as we work towards a common goal Okay so for today's shout outs we're going to shout out Pro Kid the Pro Kid documentary uh, it's called um Danki San the Kasi Rap Bible which honors the late South African hip hop artist Pro Kid SABC1 has announced that part of uh, that part 1 of Danki San the Kasi Rap Bible will premiere uh, on the well it premiered on the 18th of June 2020 and part 2 will actually air this Thursday on the 25th of June at uh, Nine o'clock. Yeah, and uh, with regards to that, to round it off, we'd like to send a big shout out 
to Casper Nuvest, who announced his new type, his new album titled Any Minute Now, which is set to drop on the 11th of September, which is inspired by the fact that he could be a father at any minute now, and he is awaiting a baby boy. So we'd like to send a huge congratulations to Casper and his partner, who goes by the name of Tobega Majosi. Oh, but he, did he say that's who the baby mama is? Who's famous, famously known as Bex Does It Better on social media. She's the one who posted the picture. Oh, okay. At least. Oh, okay. If she posted the picture, <laughs> then it's fine. You know what? Actually, I need to stop referring to, uh, to women as baby mamas as well. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys. Goodbye. Signing out.